the bell has rung. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of In Ring Reality, where for this week's NXT review, our headline is that Santanos Escobar has been revealed. So this is exactly what you think it is if you've been keeping up with NXT TV. This is a little Del Fantasma revealing himself to be the leader of the mass luchadors who did indeed be revealed to be Joaquin Wilde and also, oh gosh, what, what was the other one's name? I can't remember. There was another one that was kidnapped, but two guys were kidnapped a couple of weeks ago. We didn't know who kidnapped them, and we suspected it was going to be some kind of cult leader. Then they started Rome Mendoza. Rome Mendoza. That that's the other guy who was kidnapped. I apologize for forgetting Raul Mendoza's name. But yes, Raul Mendoza and Raheem Wild were kidnapped a number of weeks ago and we didn't know who kidnapped them. Then they started showing up with these masks on and they were always around with El Ido del Fantasma during the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, but we never saw them actually fully interact with Phantasma. Phantasma always just out of reach to innocently try and help whoever they attacked. So they did it without doing it, but this week they finally pulled the trigger in exactly the way that we all thought they would. Drake Maverick comes out after the great match that they had last week and said, Hey, Phantasma, I'm here to congratulate you. Everybody's been focused on my situation. And while I appreciate that very, very much, people should be focused on your situation because you debuted in this tournament. You came here to NXT when nobody knew who you were and you ran through the competition and you won and you should be celebrated for it but you know what everybody does know my situation and everybody knows how much I've had going on the last several weeks I feel like with a clear head that I know that I could beat you so if you give me that opportunity I will beat you for the cruiserweight title Phantasma then agrees to the match says see see yeah let's make it happen but then that's when the mass luchadors who they were at the time came out and started surrounding the ring it looks like phantasma and maverick are gonna fight them off then phantasma just slowly turns around to drake maverick bumps him in the head all three guys with the beat down Phantasma unmasked himself and names himself as Santanos Escobar. This is the first time, of course, we've seen him unmasked in WWE. We, of course, saw him that way in his Lucha Underground days. So this was a full-on Lucha Underground style storyline, just like we all thought. But Santanos Escobar... The unmasked version of El Ido del Fantasma reveals himself, says, I am the king of the Cruiserweight division. I am the best that there is in NXT and nobody can touch me. So now Drake Maverick has the full-on heel 
to feud with for the Cruiserweight title. So, obviously I wish that things hadn't have been so obvious, but sometimes obviousity, if obviousity, like what is that word? Something that is that blatantly obvious is what I'm trying to say. Sometimes things being that obvious in professional wrestling isn't a bad thing, and having them turn out the way you expect them to is, well, let's be honest, exactly what you want. So the storyline works out well, and I'm looking forward to seeing where Drake Maverick, Maverick and this view goes with Santanos Escobar. The rest of the show saw Mia Yim and Keith Lee open up in a mixed tag team match against the Garganos, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. They end up on the losing end after Keith Lee accidentally lands all of his weight onto Candice. Keith Lee shows compassion for Candice, only to have Johnny Gargano take advantage and get the pinfall victory over Keith Lee, which should set him up for a rematch with Johnny Gargano, but maybe that's not Keith Lee's next thing. So we'll talk about that more as the show progresses. But that's what happened with that one. So it seems like they're keeping one plate spinning. We'll have to wait and see. Then we got a tag team match where the jobber team of, excuse me one moment, I'm looking for the names, there they are, Mike Reed and Mikey Delberry took on the team of, and I really, I know I'm going to botch this name, but I don't speak indie, so you'll have to give me some time to get used to these guys being on TV, but it's Idius Shideer, or something along those lines. It's a team managed by Malcolm Evans, or Malcolm Bivens, sorry. It's his team, you know, Malcolm Bivens, the former guy that was a predominant face in both TNA and ROH. I cannot remember his character name there, but you know who I'm talking about, the the short, very good at promos black man. That it, and that's not a racial thing at all. That's just who he is. He's very, very good at what he does. I cannot think of his name at all. I don't know why my brain is going blank, but he's just so good. And I'm glad to finally see him giving a spot here to run with NXT with his team. We saw them teased over almost, it feels like, a month ago now. But they finally were showcased on TV and their names, it looks like, are Rinku or Rinku. It's R-I-K-U and Sarav, S-A-U-R-A-V. So Rinku and Sarav. And again, the tag team name is Indius Sherv, which is I-N-D-U-S, and then space for the next word, S-A-E-F. 
So, or sorry, S-A-E-R. So, you're going to have to give me some time to get the name right, but they looked good in exactly what a jobber match was. This match literally only lasted a minute and five seconds. It was all about them establishing themselves as future challengers for either Breezango or Imperium. We then saw a package on Breezango reminding people who they were and saying that they're going to take themselves a little bit more seriously now and remind people how good they are as performers, which is always a good thing as they go on into this match with Imperium. We then had a thread that went out throughout the entire night with Cameron Grimes and Finn Balor. Grimes was supposed to take on Finn. Then he talked about how Damian Priest couldn't get the job done, but he did. Priest overhears this. Priest clocks him with the right hand, knocks him down to the ground. So Grimes all night long tries to get out of the match with Finn, only to have William Regal, who was on his iPad at the hands of the referee, overhear that he was lying about the severity of the broken jaw injury and wasn't injured at all. He has the match with Finn. Finn makes quick work of Cameron Grimes. The match goes exactly... Sorry, looking for it in my notes here. There it is. Nine minutes and two seconds. Good little back and forth match. It did, I said quick work, but it actually did look at times like Cameron... Grimes was going to win here at several points, but he obviously did not. Finn Balor walks away with the victory, but this is what I said about Keith Lee, and maybe it's not so obvious that it's going to be a one-on-one rematch with Johnny Gargano that's next for Keith Lee because someone else might be involved in this picture because Finn Balor gets on the mic and says, hey, Keith, when you're done with Johnny, come see me. So it looks like Finn Balor has introduced himself into the NXT North American Championship picture. And you know what? I'm fine with that. A triple threat match between those three? Yes, please. Sign me up. And maybe Keith Lee is going to be involved with the North American title picture a little bit longer than we thought he would be given what happened at the end of the show. But before we can get into that, we did have one more match, which was Dakota Kai versus Casey Cannizzaro in a short 2-minute and 26-second match was a way to reestablish Dakota Kai as a major player in the women's division alongside Raquel Gonzalez. They then announced that next week, the winners of the Tag Team Championship match at Backlash for the women will take on the team of Chauncey Blackheart and Tegan Knox. So they are fully establishing those two as a team. So maybe we could see Chauncey Blackheart and Tegan Knox pull off an upset and actually bring the women's tag team titles to an NXT team, which is something We've never seen before. I would love to see it, but I don't think it is what we're going to see. 
But then the main thread throughout the night was Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era talking about what Dexter Loomis did to Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. Strong and Fish reportedly were left in their own devices and woke up from being stuffed in that limousine. So they were stuck in that trunk of that limousine for hours on end. Then they somehow woke up, I guess, in their homes and didn't know how they got there. So Roderick Strong is extremely spooked by Dexter Loomis all night long. Adam Cole vows to have his friends back. He takes on Loomis and gets the victory over Dexter with Roderick Strong overcoming his demons and a kick from the outside that allows Adam Cole to eventually hit the last shot in victory. This was a back and forth match. The match went about, hold on, checking through my notes here again for the length. Let me know if you like hearing the match length. This was something new I decided to do for the reviews and depending on feedback, I will either keep it or let it go. So, I also put it in the AEW review for this week. So, let me know how you feel about it. But yeah, this match went exactly 8 minutes and 45 seconds. So, it was a nice little back and forth bout. And Dexter Loomis did look like he was going to get the victory at a certain point. Velveteen Dream does come out and try to return the favor for Dexter Loomis, but in the end, it's not enough to overcome the era, and the NXT champion gets the victory here, and then the lights go down, and we see Scarlett Bordeaux come out, and we see Karrion Cross's name, of course, on the Titan Drawn, and we see Scarlett Bordeaux address the NXT champion and present him, address him silently, that is, and then present him with a hourglass, which she then turns upside down and lets the sand start ticking through, symbolizing that perhaps Tick Talk, the NXT championship reign of Adam Cole, baby, is on its last Leg. So they're going to do Karrion Cross now. I and everybody thought that Karrion Cross was going to be after Keith Lee, but it looks like Karrion Cross is being shot right up before Keith Lee. So maybe when Keith Lee loses the NXT North American Championship, he goes to either Raw or SmackDown, or maybe Keith Lee is going to be more of a. This is a guy my size. I can put on amazing matches with this guy. So when I take the NXT Championship from Karrion Cross, and Karrion Cross goes to Raw or SmackDown, my NXT title reign will be more relevant because I beat a guy my size. So I proved that I can beat men of all sizes. I don't really know what the reasoning here is. But yeah, it looks like Karrion Cross, as of right now anyway, is being put ahead of Keith Lee. But Keith Lee did confront Adam Cole backstage saying, I was wondering what was next for me. And then he saw Adam Cole. So 
Maybe it's going to be a triple threat match between Keith Lee and Karen Cross, and maybe Karen Cross isn't involved in the pin. Keith Lee beats Adam Cole, and then they set up Karen Cross, or maybe Karen Cross beats Adam Cole. Keith Lee is not involved, so it keeps that plate spinning between Cross and Lee that way. But yeah, maybe the next NXT Championship match we see is a triple threat match between all three of them. And I would definitely, definitely be down for it either way they go. NXT, Triple H in particular, everybody knows what they're doing with this brand. So I'm all about just seeing what their plans are and how things evolve going forward. We'll have to wait and see how everything turns out. So do let me know what you thought about this week's NXT, either by chiming in the comment sections on Facebook and YouTube, as we didn't have anybody joining me live today for today's NXT review. So reminder that you can chime in in the comments by doing that, or you can get a hold of us on all social media platforms. Of course, you already know about Facebook where we broadcast live, but of course, we're also on Twitter and we're also on Instagram. So if you want to message me privately on Instagram, you can do that as well. Or you can leave feedback for the show by sending us an email at inringreality at gmail.com. My personal social media is always down below in each and every description as well. If you choose to follow me personally, you can get in touch that way as well. Please, if you are new here and you enjoyed what you heard or watched and heard here today, do consider giving us either a follow on Facebook or subscribe and ring of the bell on YouTube so you never miss when we're going to go live for future episodes, the next of which will be tomorrow for our weekly big takeaways and news of the week episode. And also, even if you are an audio podcast only listener, of course, I appreciate you as well. But even if you don't utilize Apple Podcasts as your preferred podcast listening platform, please do consider giving a five-star rating to In-Ring Reality inside Apple Podcasts as it really does help me to grow the show and make this a premier wrestling podcast for all of you. And as I always like to say, life is only as good as what you choose to make it to be. So please do make the choice to go out and do something great today.